Oh my gosh, I have been having such a great time in Mark's Gospel. Just saying, it's really exciting. I'm going to try and share some of my enthusiasm with you now. Do you remember in last week's Gospel, what happened was, after Peter's identified that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus tells them, he begins to teach them, this is in chapter 8, that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And you'll remember that in that gospel reading from last week, Peter goes, no, 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 this can't happen. And then he gets told off, get behind me, Satan, you're thinking about human things and not the things of God. And then Jesus takes them aside and sits them down and he says, If anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And for those who want to save their life, they've got to lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. Chapter 8 of Mark. Chapter 9 today, right? For he's teaching the disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands and they will kill him and three days after being killed he will rise again. But they did not understand and they were afraid to ask. And they'd been walking along arguing amongst themselves over which one of them was most important. And Jesus calls them aside and he sits them down and he says, whoever wants to be first must be last and servant of all. So, Chapter 8, last week, Jesus foretells his death. They don't get it. He calls them aside and tells them, take up the cross, and if you want to save your life, you must lose it. Chapter 9, Jesus foretells his death. Still haven't got it. Calls them aside and sits them down and tells them, who wants to be first needs to be last and servant of all. Anybody want to guess what happens in chapter 10? Well, surprisingly, in chapter 10, you don't get this gospel next week, I'm not ruining, someone, I'm not ruining the next person's sermon, it's about three weeks from now. Surprisingly, in chapter 10 of Mark, they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus took the twelve aside and began to tell them what was going to happen. He said, see, we're going up to Jerusalem, the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and they will hand him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit upon him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise again. Now this time, James and John, the sons of Judah, come forward and go, yeah, okay, but can you grant us one of us to sit at your right and one of you to sit at your left when you come into your glory? And the other disciples hear this, and the Radu Radu from chapter 9 takes off again, and Jesus calls them aside and he sits them down, and he says, you know that amongst the Gentiles, those whom they recognise as their rulers lord over them. But it's not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. 8, 9 and 10 in a row. You know there's 16 chapters in the Gospel of Mark. It's the shortest Gospel. It's characterised by a sense of urgency and Mark 
is the constant repetition of the word immediately. Immediately, as he jump, as the narrative jumps from one episode to the next. So amongst that urgency here, we have in the central block of this gospel, chapters 8, 9 and 10, that means if you seven chapters before and six chapters after that block, in the central chapter, the central block of Mark's gospel, for all its urgency, we have this pattern of Jesus foretelling his death. Jesus rebuking the disciples for continuing to respond in a way that reflects the world's patterns of power and hierarchy, and then Jesus sitting them down and laying out before them a behavioural model of self-sacrifice, of preferring the needs of others to self, and he lays it out in a very directive fashion. Must is not a suggestion. Must is must. Must be your servant. Must be last. To save your life, you must lose it. The imperative of must in this block of scripture shows the importance of these teachings to the writer of this gospel. And the writer seeks to amplify, highlight the importance of this block of teaching by placing before it and placing directly after it the healings of the two blind men, first at Bethsaida and the second immediately following chapter 10 is Bartimaeus. So before we get into this, into the first episode in chapter 8, Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had put saliva on his eyes and laid hands on him, he asked, Can you see anything? And the man looked up and said, I can see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again and he looked intently and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. And then we come into this, these blocks of scripture, these three chapters where Jesus is highlighting a different way of being and the disciples are not getting it. But with Jesus there's a chance of seeing a new way. Jesus asked, can you see? So here we are now and across the centuries, the writer of God, Mark's Gospel in these three central chapters lays out before us something that the followers of Jesus must understand. That to gain the fullness of life that Jesus offers to disciples, to followers, to gain that fullness, we need to understand that a life lived for ourselves, a life centred on the fulfilment of our own needs, cannot deliver the satisfaction that we hope. Jesus lays out before the disciples in each of these episodes that to be a follower of Jesus, your life must be characterised by servitude, 
complete self-offering in response to God and in response to the needs of others. That's what's about to happen in Jerusalem. God, Jesus, will make that offering. Now the disciples didn't get it. That's part of the point of that block of scripture. And sadly, 2,000 years later, we are no better and no wiser. We live in a society that chooses to defer necessary action to mitigate climate change. We live in a society that allows poverty and homelessness and human trafficking, that exists on the exploitation of labour to deliver the cheap goods that we need. We allow it because we live within a system that measures the cost in human life against the economic cost of systemic change, the changes necessary to alleviate the sufferings of others. And it's a calculation that inevitably produces the answer, it's impossible to change that. It costs too much. We are all conditioned to place ourselves at the centre of the universe. Self-interest, what I want, what I like, the protection of power, the assumption of entitlement because of who we are or what we have done. These things underlie our responses to each other and our responses to almost every situation that we take part in as part of our lives. So how then do we begin to leave behind our self-centeredness? Well, fortunately in this block of scripture, I think we see a path out of it in the healing of Bartimaeus. So immediately after the, the episode in chapter 10, it goes to this. Bartimaeus, the son of Tiberius, a blind beggar, was sitting at the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet. But he cried out even more loudly, saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped, stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, Bartimaeus sprang up and came to Jesus, and then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus said, My teacher, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. And immediately Bartimaeus received his sight 
gains it. And then it says, he followed him, Jesus, on the way. Many had ordered him to be quiet, to sit down and don't make a fuss. But Bartimaeus cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus perseveres, even when he's told to stop causing a scene. Bartimaeus perseveres in asking Jesus for help. And Bartimaeus then is willing, Bartimaeus is willing to move. Before anything has happened, Bartimaeus is willing to move towards Jesus, throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and goes to Jesus. Because Bartimaeus knows that God can change him. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus says. My teacher, let me see again. These three repetitions in Mark 8, 9 and 10, where Jesus foretells his death and resurrection, where the disciples don't get it, where Jesus calls them aside and tells them what it should look like instead of what they're doing. Those three repetitions end with Jesus saying, Go, your faith has made you well. And Bartimaeus uses that new sight that blessing to follow. He regained his sight and followed him on the way. So in that story of Bartimaeus, there's a clue. How do we live like we aren't the centre of the universe? Well, in the example of Bartimaeus, persistent prayer. Persist in asking God to change us. Be willing to move. Be willing to change what we do when prompted by God. Persist in having hope. Persist in having faith that God will hear, that God will stop and pause and ask Him to come. Keep going, keep trying to follow Jesus. So I master. And for us today in church and online, the frame around this transformation that we in faith believe can God can work in each one of us in this world, the frame that is around that is the body of Christ the church. Because within that frame, we are blessed with countless opportunities to begin that transformation. When we choose to volunteer, when we choose to make a submission, when we choose to help in refugee resettlement, Whenever we do these things, we make a sacrifice of time, of money, in the service of a wider good. We reach beyond our own immediate needs 
the good of others by doing each of those things. And when we do these things within the framework of the body of Christ the Church, we encourage others by our actions. And that is the blessing of the community of faith that you are part of. That together, the sum of us together is greater than the individual parts. And the countless opportunities for us to place the needs of others before self, each one of us lives out the transformation that we hope for, that Bartimaeus prayed for, and countless small acts of sacrifice. And in doing that, and in seeing that in the others in this room, we are reminded that the small steps that we make in living that change that we want to be are possible only because God wants to help us. God wants to transform us. And through us, God wants to transform the world. Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind person said, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said, Go. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and followed him 